Hello, and welcome to Gaming for Geezers podcast, the complimentary podcast to our website, www.gamingforgeezers.com. I'm Nelson. I'm Mr. Krusty. And today we're going to review uh, Warhammer 40,000, Dawn of War. Um, but before we do that, um, Mr. Krusty, what, what are you playing today? Well, you know, I'm actually... It's, it's kind of fortuitous that we're playing this because, um, you know, I uh, did sign up for the StarCraft II. And so, um, you know, my review of, of uh, Warhammer, I don't think you can do a review of Warhammer without having, you know, the previous StarCraft, but then this new StarCraft um, also in the, in the back of your mind. I think it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a game changer, not necessarily in the gameplay, but in terms of the tools and the environment that the game is played in, and um, I, you know, uh, it will, it has affected my view of um, of Warhammer and, and crystallized some of my thoughts about Warhammer um, in a very, very palpable way. So, you know, we'll get back to, into into that uh, when we get into our review. But um, that's that's going on, and then, um, you know, I, I'm continuing to uh, kind of play a little bit on the on the Medal of Honor uh, beta. Um, and, um, frankly, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if we need to review that game. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into that later, maybe. If oh, that's lucky. depressing. That's depressing. Yes. I, I haven't played either of those. Um, I've been playing Champions Online to prepare for our next review, uh, which will be our following episode. And, uh, um, I've been taking the kids camping and getting ready for a five-year-old birthday party. So as as a geezer, I haven't had much time to play games, and uh, that's why we haven't done too many podcasts lately, and haven't had anything up for a while. Um, but that that's what I'm doing today. So back to uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand: Dawn of War. Um, I'm going to call that. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to refer to it as Warhammer throughout. I think there's other iterations of the game, but this is the one that we picked up and that we we're playing. Uh, yeah. Just to briefly review, uh, Gaming for Geezers is a very very um, targeted PC game uh, review podcast and website. Um, we base our review criteria on what we call a binary system, uh, which matches the real world. Uh, when you decide whether or not you should get a game, you have to decide whether or not you're going to buy it or not. Therefore, you should only buy games that don't suck. And you should not buy the games that suck. And this is weird in a way because, you know, you you have those games that actually scratch the right itch every once in a while. But it's kind of, um, you know, I, I call it like the creepy uncle exception. <laughs> you know, you have that guy in your family or the, the person in your family that you you love, but you're like, wow, I never had them date a friend. Ever. <laughs> like, right. ever. Right. So, you know, that there awkward, are games... That awkward silence when they ask you, and it could be your creepy uncle or your you know, your longtime childhood friend saying, hey, do you know anybody that's single? And yeah. you immediately run through your head. Yes, I know tons of people, none of which I would ever introduce you to. Ever. And so this is one of those, those games. This is a franchise game. I mean, I did a little bit of poking around, and, you know, Warhammer as kind of... You know, the legacy of Warhammer is old. I mean, it goes back to 1987. There are iterations from 
87. The last really decent iteration, you know, basically was 1998. There's a fourth edition basically in 2004. There's the fifth edition in 2008. You know, so you 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 have um, you have a lot of history with this game, and you know, there's going to be people out there who are going to disagree with what we have to say today, probably. Oh yeah. But but if you have if you look at it objectively from 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 what our the point is giving you from the point of view where we're coming from. Are you going our to, point of view? Which exactly. Is, which is exactly. ours. Um, you know, we're going to probably, you know, we're going to stick to our guns in terms of what's going on. So what's the verdict, by the way? So let's, let's, let's hear what the verdict is on this game. Uh, using our criteria, this game sucks. Um, I would not buy this game. I would play it if somebody gave it to me, but I would not pay money for it. Right. It's kind of like that creepy uncle, right? Yes, you know, it's part of the family, and you know, if you've been playing in the family for a while, um, you know, you're not going to kick them out. So, the the key here is is to limit your exposure. <laughs> yes. So, um, the the key there is obviously, you know, if if you're comfortable with the game, you have a long history of the game, absolutely. But, you know, I didn't know anything about this game before I bought it to review it, and I did that intentionally because I'd heard many things about it. And um, I'm kind of an old role-playing game kind of um, uh, uh, kind of guy, and 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 you know, it it took me some time to basically even find something great to say about this game coming from no history, and so that that's that's where you wanna um, that's where you wanna kind of hear us from. If you don't know this game at all, and you're gonna put money down on this game, um, that's the decision you have to make. And, and for me, I, I think this game sucks as well. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and we're going to get into those here in, in, the, in the game review. So Yeah, and just, just to remind our listeners, uh, we, we basically based our, our writing system as, as, as it a, it's a comparative system as well as a binary system, buy it or don't buy it. Uh, and we, we compare it to Battlefield 2142, which is the best game in the universe ever. <laughs> and I actually, this is no joke. I heard that uh, Battlefield 2142 cured a puppy's cancer in South Kansas last week. It is that good. Wow. Yeah, a veterinarian was at the end of his rope, so he, he just put started playing Battlefield 2142 in front of this poor, cute, dying puppy who had... And it kind of has an aura to it, so, you know, it does actually transfer in that way. It cures puppy leukemia. This is, uh, this it, it is that good. <laughs> Okay, so Warhammer to uh, forty thousand. Um, here's the loose plot or the or kind of the game description. Now, 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 wait for it. Wait for it. You are a white guy. You are a space marine, and you have to save the universe. You uh, are. You get a call, and the the world is being attacked by orcs and the Zerg. No, not the Zerg. The Tyranids and the space elves, which they call the Eldar in this game. Um, you get repeated phone calls, and because you're the uh, universal cop, you go from planet to planet and uh, and, and save the universe. Um, now, I thought that the whole recycling of races and creatures was only limited to the uh, fantasy novel genre, wherein every single fantasy book ever written is just a variation on The Lord of the Rings, but apparently not. Uh, because I played this game before, and it was called StarCraft. Now, I know there's 
I have no idea whether or not StarCraft came out before or after the first Warhammer. Uh, and I, I know that there's a huge fan base for this game because I've seen pictures of like toy figures you can go buy. Uh, and I'm sure there's some fan art out there and, and perhaps even some uh, based on the video game novellas. Uh, but I'm, I was just kind of sh- struck as, at the fact that this is just another recycling of the whole uh, space elf, space alien, space marine, and space orc uh, genre that, that came back into this game. Well, and I think that's where it gets a little bit confusing is when the orcs come into the picture. Because, because I'm like, space orcs. Interesting. And, and, the, and, the, and the interesting part for me... No, let me stop you, Mr. Christie. The, the, sure. These are slightly different orcs. They spell it with a K instead of a C. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. be careful so, yeah, these these distinctions are very important. <laughs> so the, the 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 key though is that they also seem to kind of mash together two types of games as well. Uh, it, they mash together sort of the um, uh, you know the the balancing act between these races that uh, StarCraft had, and some of the aspects um, from the original Warcraft Three, which is actually a fairly good uh, strategy game, and uh, but what's really weird about this game is that they took the whole base making out of the picture. Um, I guess Dawn of War is the first series where they really made some changes to the gameplay. And you can kind of tell that this game is kind of in between where it's going to be in the future. Uh, from where it was to where it might become. Because you have aspects of real-time play, and then you have aspects of kind of like a, a run-and-gun and pick-up loot kind of Diablo structure. Um, I'm still not convinced that those two things can work together. It's it's a little bit strange when you're actually going through and, and trying to do a run-and-cover kind of tactical team play to, to get bases and, 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 and components, but then also pick up loot. So, you know, I, I think they did a good job in terms of trying something a little bit different, but... I don't think they pushed it quite enough in this game. So, yeah, I, I, the the way I, I I'm with you on that, <clears throat> and the way I kind of sum it up is this is a real time tactical game, not a real time strategy game. Yeah, there is no there's no global decision making that will affect the outcome of the game. It's just a series of separate engagements and very little strategic thinking. Right, and and the resource kind of aspect that's so critical in in some of these um, you know real time uh, strategies, um, where you have to be managing both the economy and and your battles, those are really 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 critical, and because those are critical, the the basis for um, you know making decisions gets a little bit turned around. Um, especially when you're playing multiplayer, and I'll get into that later. I, I think the big part is um, is having uh, you know consistent and uh, you know a good strategy basically in uh, entering the game. And I, for me, if the game relies on your first three moves, I, I don't like it. You know, right, there's right. not much there. Well, you know, there are some good parts of this game. So let's let's talk about the tactical gameplay. Okay. Okay, that's fair. So basically, you have you have four squads. You have scouts. You have uh, led by uh, a one-eyed uh, fella named Cyrus. Uh, you have heavy weapons. 
You have utility soldiers, which is basically Tarkus. You know, they throw grenades and and uh, they also will blow up buildings with C4 packs, that kind of thing. And then you have Davian Thule, which is kind of like a mech warrior or a tank. And you know, um, these uh, these narratives, um, while uh, initially you know they kind of grab you, by halfway through the game, you completely disavow it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's stop right there. Um, so. So you you are the hero, and you know you are the ubiquitous six foot white guy uh, who came from hard scrabble roots. Blah blah blah. Uh, you know we don't have the archetypical uh, black sergeant in your squad this time. It's, but you're you're just a lone space marine, and, and you're commanding four squads, and the squads are all led by uh, somebody with a name. And interspersed within the gameplay is a little pop up. Uh, square where the guy starts talking to you and telling you something that really doesn't matter to your gameplay. You you, well, li- it's, you literally it, can just ignore all of it. Really, what it is is just alerting you that uh, the mission's shifted slightly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and you of, have another objective. Now that you are at point B, you have to co- go to point C. Exactly. Exactly. And they and don't those, give you any information that that affects your decisions. Exactly, and and that's one of those co- larger conversations, which is. Boy, you know all this stuff, all this investment in in narrative, and you virtually don't have to shift anything that you're doing, um, you know, and that that is a little bit weird. Um, you know, the the one interesting thing about this is that uh, because you actually go around picking up loot and you have different kinds of of um, achievements, basically, um, you can outfit your individual squads with different kinds of weapons. For instance, the Davian Thule uh, uh, character, which is the big kind of mech warrior tank guy, you know, you can do different kinds of blowtorches and flamethrowers and uh, Gatlin guns and those kinds of things. And those actually do make a difference, slight difference, in terms of how you tactically play. Um, it also makes a little bit of a difference in terms of how many of these four squad different, you know, what the makeup of your squads end up being. And, uh, you know, you have a maximum in terms of number of squads you can actually have. So, so you know, choosing basically the, the, the squad types becomes important. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but, but again, it, it is all within a very prescribed, very prescribed uh, mission type. You know, certain missions require certain kinds of elements, and those are laid out before you. Yeah. Now, as a first-time player, that was great, but I could see that on the replay, this would be boring. Yeah, really boring, and and that is actually one of the problems I think is that once you actually get to the multiplayer, you know you kind of know what what works and what doesn't work, and the various races you have, there's not much of a distinction between the various powers of these these squads. So you're basically playing the same the same kinds of characters with the same kinds of skins. So you know in terms of tactical gameplay, it's good, right? It's basic, but the, but. For me, not compelling. Not, not you know, 100%. Right. So you, you, you pick your squads, and you have to choose between the different types of squads. And then one level beyond that, uh, you have to pick which type of weapons to give your squads. Exactly. And you also have the option to choose some special powers, like uh, uh, you can have an option to revive people or call in an artillery strike. Uh, you could have grenades that can destroy buildings and or vehicles. So you, you choose all the, you, you get you get loaded up and 
you get dumped onto a square map and you get thrown down in a pod and it, apparently in the year 40,000 they've figured out how to uh, deal with inertia and gravity because you just come slamming in uh, from, from space uh, at about 50,000 miles an hour and you don't make a crater and then everybody hops out and you go to your objective. Now your objective is on about three, three times out of four, it is on the other side of a square map and you have to go get it. And you have to go destroy it or capture it or rescue somebody, blah, blah, blah. And also on the square map, you usually have two side objectives you can choose from. One is usually a temple that you can go um, capture, and then that gives you some extra special powers or something. And one is a factory, and that gives you some extra special powers. I made it, I made it through the whole campaign without understanding that, so apparently it wasn't that important. Well, and there was another aspect, too, is that once you landed onto the square map, it basically was a linear experience. You yeah. had to go a very specific way, and that was already pre – that was basically mandated by the map paths. And, um, you know, that, that to me was not much fun. I mean, yeah. basically, there was only one way to get where you needed to go. And so there was a very calibrated kind of – it seemed overly choreographed – experience on every map and i think they could have opened that up a lot more yeah one one thing they did do right is that they they when 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 you when you started your your battle let's call them when you land uh you had to decide whether to run straight for the objective thereby getting more points for completing it faster or or killing everything on the whole field and getting more points for killing everything or playing super cautiously and getting more experience points for um, not dying. Um, so that, that was interesting. You had to think about that. It didn't affect the gameplay, but it, it did give you some choices. Right, right. Well, in, in terms of combat, I mean, what were your thoughts about combat? I mean, you know, uh, you know the, the various levels of combat, for me, were almost automated. Yeah, once, so, once, I, once I figured something out, it was, that's all I did. Basically, had, had one guy go poke his head up front and run back, and everybody starts chasing you, and they run right into your heavy machine guns, and you kill everybody. Right. Over and over and over and over and over. And I think that is, for me, the worst part of this game. The AI of the individual um, sort of opponents, enemies, was not very good. And they, were, they became very predictable, and you were able to actually throw them out there. Now, the interesting part is on multiplayer, you're not playing someone who's as predictable, right? You're playing another human being. So, you know, the good question to throw out there is, you know, how, how do you actually map, you know, your experience of the single player to the multiplayer? So, so what did you think about the multiplayer? Um, I didn't even get that far. It just, I was just not interested. The only, I played one, they had this little side game we'll talk about in a minute, but I, I actually never got to the multiplayer. I played... I played the head-to-head -head against the computer twice, uh, but I was just not my interest was not piqued enough to actually go play another human being. Right. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I had the same experience actually, um, but my experience was something a little bit different, and that was I was really expecting um, differences in the other races, and so I played uh, you know the other races I played the. Um, you know the Space Marines, then the Orcs, and the 
uh, Tyranids, um, and I also have the expansion pack, so I played the Chaos Rising, Chaos uh, Marines folks. It, you know, but, but fundamentally, there was no difference. Or, you know, the, the experience was very, very much the same, and, and that was very disappointing to me. I mean, I didn't... At, at that point, I was like, okay, if, if I'm basically just a, a space marine with a different skin, that doesn't work. So, you know, how do I, you know, move these things around? Now, there were some differences. The Eldar can teleport. You know, the... Uh, you know, you can you can infest other um, uh, beings when you're playing the Tyranids, um, and there's some some mechanics that are slightly different. But uh, the the key part there was that you know the the single player versus the multiplayer there was a real divide between those two two elms, and there's nothing to bridge the gap. Like there were very few tutorials I could find. I had to search online and try and find basically you know some instructions. And I think this is one of those problems with download games, you know, through Steam. But, you know, we've talked about this before. It might just be a problem with this game. There's such a huge depth of knowledge out in the, um, in the existing audience. They don't have to explain very much. So that it's very difficult for new folks coming into the fold to actually understand the game. And, you know, for me, that, that was a little bit of a breakdown. And it was such a breakdown that, I, like you, I, I actually stopped playing because there wasn't, enough in, there, there wasn't enough incentive for me to learn more to learn how to play it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And now, <clears throat> compared to our other multiplayer evaluations, um, w- was there any communication element to, to the multiplayer game? No, you know, there's a co-op option, but, you know, frankly, I, again, like you, I kind of stopped very quickly after playing, you know, the, the, the multiplayer and said, okay, you know, uh, there's no reason for me to learn this game or invest in this game. And when, when a, a gamer starts to actually have that question running around in his head, when there's the potential, I mean, I've heard of a lot of Warhammer folks constantly talk about how great this game is, but it's inaccessible to me. Um, you know, because I, for, for some reason I wasn't able to actually access it. So, uh, you know, that maybe it's just, I'm a geezer and I don't have the cells anymore to, to process that <laughs> or the time or time, um, or which I, where I'm kind of leaning to the game didn't give me the tools to be successful And that is frustrating because, you know, I paid money for it and you know if they're setting up a context for it and they're relying on the community to actually give you basically the tutorial rather than basically showing you how to play the game that's not cool so you know for me uh, and as a geezer with someone who can't just burn night after night you know learning how to play something um uh, before it becomes enjoyable that's the distinction i love playing games where i have to learn something as long as the gameplay is enjoyable, the tutorial is enjoyable. That's the distinction here for me. Were the, were the multiplayer maps any different than the single-player maps? No, and, and that was actually one of the problems. Um, although it, it, the multiplayer maps introduced um, this resource com- and control point game, which is really what's the, 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 the tactical and strategic aspect of the game, which is how do you actually go about... You know, basically generating the number of of um, units to be able to go, take, and hold these points on the map. 
Well, the interesting part is without a tutorial or any history with this game, you get your clock cleaned so fast. Right. You know, there's no incentive to, to, to learn the game. And, you know, even when you were supposedly paired up with a newbie, um, either the other person didn't know what the hell they were doing and they were trying to learn at the same time and or uh, even someone with slight advantage just cleaned your clock. Um, okay. Not that that's a bad thing. You know, but if there's no incentive to learn or to better it, then then you have some issues. You know, okay. um, I played The Last Stand a few times, and for this was this was a unique thing. Uh, this is the first time I experienced this kind of small standalone game that's online. And that's a game where you play as your as your individual character, and you are on a floating disc. It kind of reminds me of Time Bandits, uh, kind of a Terry, Terry Gilliam-esque uh, environment where you're on this disc floating in the middle of nowhere, uh, like this empty void. And there are four gates on each side of this disc, opposite from each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, they open and the hordes of enemies come through. And you and two other players, uh, your job is to survive as long as you can. Now, here's how the game goes. You start out in the middle, uh, the gates open, you kill everybody. The gates close. Another gate opens, they come in, you kill everybody, the gates close. And then pretty soon the, the guys get tougher and tougher and tougher, and then you die. Now here's how the next game goes. Now listen closely. You stand in the middle, the gates open, you kill everybody, the gates close. The gates open, you kill everybody, the gates close, and then they get tougher and tougher and tougher, and then you die. Now, here's how the third one goes. You stand in the middle. The gates open. Guys come in. You kill them. You get the idea. Um, so I played this like twice, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, if I want to be level 20, I can get to level 20 and have new toys, and then the, the outcome will be I'll be at level 20, and I'll be playing the same damn barn game. Right. So um, th- that didn't last very long. Kudos to the guys who developed this at Relic. Uh, for coming up with something interesting, uh, but it only kept me interested for a few minutes. I'm too old. I have too much to do in my life. Uh, but 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 thank you for trying. Well, and and you know the the narrative doesn't show up at all. This huge narrative from this single player doesn't show up at all in this multiplayer. Okay. And and for me, that's a little bit weird, right? You know who these characters are, you know, but there's very little to tie the single player experience. Or the the mission or narrative experience to this this multiplayer. What about and the actual th- gameplay experience? Did you was it did you learn anything in the single player that complemented the multiplayer? Oh, that was the weird thing. No, and that's where I, I just kind of it kind of flipped me out a little bit because I was like, hmm, okay, well, how do I play this game? It's a completely different game, huh. um, like a radically different game, the multiplayer, and. Um, you know, you're not going around finding loot, really. You're not really tweaking your um, your characters as much. You're you're basically producing units. You have a, an economy that's based on holding uh, defense points. You know, um, you have a power generator. You have resources out there. Those points, basically, on the map, you have to hold. And the longer you hold them, the more points you have. And um, the whole point is to basically get the other guy to zero zero points, which basically obliterate basically their, their base and all their units. So it's a completely different game. 
Okay. And that that to me is is also a little bit of a weird uh, element in the game, in, in that there's so much there's so much opportunity within the uh, the narrative to to bring that in to the multiplayer, and it just doesn't show up very much. Um. Was there was there anything else that was kind of interesting about this game for you? Hmm. Well, what did you think about the the leveling up part of the single player game? Because you know, let's just talk about the single player because that's that's really what this is, and the multiplayer is not that interesting. Right. Right. Well, the leveling up again, you know, um, what's interesting is that I leveled up well before the end of to the maximum well before the end of the of the game. And so at that point it was kind of it became a grind because there's only so many different uh, you know uh, combinations you're going to have on each of those missions to to alter your characters and 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 make them and play differently. Okay. And so by the th- second or third to last um you know kind of mission I guess you call it or or objective um you know my my teams were set and in Dawn of War 2, you know, that, that, those teams basically become somewhat crystallized. You know, you, you either like using the scouts or you don't. You either like using the, the tanks or you don't. Um, you use the, the grenades from, you know, Avitus, who's the, um, uh, and, I'm sorry, from Tarkus. Um, and you use explosions and, and different kinds of detonations to basically control certain points. Um, you know, it, you deal with uh, numbers in a different kind of way, depending on on the makeup of your of your team that you actually put on the ground. Um, the heavy weapons and and tanks did not become really all that important. There were a couple of missions where you had tanks, where um, you know you had to go in and 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 do some things with, but they weren't really an integral part of the game, and and they just became another unit. So you know, for me. Um, in general, this this really didn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I played with you know the hero, your your character. I played with the heavy machine gun guys. I I, I never played with the scouts after the first two episodes or missions. Uh, I usually played with those guys with the rocket packs who could jump in, and when they landed, it would knock everybody down. And usually, um, the Tarkus guys, the utility guys, just the infantry guys um and i had this set pattern and i just worked my way through each map but i think i think that's actually the issue with this game is that it it got very comfortable to just do one thing and there was there was very little in the game that would push you to do something really different um occasionally they would actually have something different show up because the um the the various uh players weren't available. Like, for instance, Davian Thule was not available for a, um, a series of, of missions. And so you had to kind of rejigger your, your, your setup. But that's not enough. And, and I think this is what we're getting to, is that these kinds of um, kind of window dressing on the primary concept, you know, that's not enough to, to maintain interest in a game over the long haul. And I think that's really something that we we harp on here, which is, you know, is the game compelling from start to end? And on replay or in multiplayer, is that gameplay something that you want to continue to come back to? Can I fire this thing up in two months ago? Yeah, I'm really ready to get into this. Or I've really missed this. Let's let's go. And I'll tell you right now, 
you know, I, I fired it up just prior to uh, this review again because I, I really got into the game probably about a month ago, maybe six six weeks ago when we first got it. Because we usually have a review cycle of about six weeks, something like that. And so, you know, I, I got into the game and uh, and then put it away. And I fired it up. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do this again. And, you yeah. know, when, when you have that kind of sensation kind of show up when you're starting to play a game, it's dead. Right. You know? Well, let's run through our methodology summary, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Excellent online gaming experience. Mr. Mr. Krusty? I'd say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm a no on that um, because I didn't even do it except for that little standalone last stand thing. Did I tell you? Did I describe that already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, won't, I, I won't bore anybody with that again. The point was made. Success in gameplay through teamwork and smarts. Well, you know, you could you could say that you could, you know, the co-op play in the last end, you could potentially say that. Okay. Um, but again, you know, the multiplayer isn't compelling enough, really, for me personally. I don't have a history with this game, so I don't have the kind of deep knowledge uh, or, you know, the creepy uncle exception, I call it, <laughs> right. um, you know, to, to make me want to play this game. So I'd say no. Yeah, I might have to say a no, too. Com- complimentary single-player experience? No. No. Okay. Involves shooting someone. Yes. Yes, it does. Good there job. Was, and there was actually, you know, I actually enjoyed some of the graphics and, and the visuals in this game. I, I actually didn't mind the maps. I thought the little characters running around blowing shit up was awesome, you know, right. in, in, in its own kind of... It was it, in some ways became kind of like you know an end farm. <laughs> You're like watching this thing; it would kind of mesmerizing because you had all this stuff going on. But at the same time, that was it. That was my interaction with this game. It was from outside. I wasn't in the game. I was above the game or outside the game. Can so you, can you play this game over and over? Um, no. Yeah, I, I I won't be doing it. So that's a no. Playable by a geezer like us, somebody who has a life. Well, I would say yes. Um, it, again, I, I, I pull out the uh, the uh, creepy uncle exception because you know if you've played this game before, you have other versions of it. You're into this kind of thing, um, and you already know how to kind of you know play a specific kind of setup or race within the uh, the multiplayer. Go for it. But for me, no, it's not. Yeah. The tutorials weren't there, and um, it really didn't uh, it didn't flew me. Yeah, I didn't feel. Uh, I mean, I, I saw what was coming before I even considered the multiplayer, and I thought, God, I'm going to have to keep track of 50 different things. I'm going to have to know exactly what each, ca- which squad can do. You know, how many hit points they have, how many, how much damage they can do, and how much damage they, and how useful they are against other units. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, I have to figure out all these quick keys so I can scroll around and issue orders really fast. Uh, and I just don't have the time to learn that. Uh, I'm sure some other people who have played this game for years uh, have invested the time in doing that, but geezers generally don't have that kind of time to learn this game. So it's it's not terribly geezer friendly. At least the multiplayer isn't. Uh, right. The sing- the single player is pretty pretty geezer friendly. Right, and and it's one of those things that you you know you buy the game. You know if if you go ahead and buy the game. Um, you buy the game and you run through it and then you put it away. Yeah. Now let's let's just sum this up. Uh, elements of this game were quite well done. Had really good tactical gameplay, but it got repetitive. Um, good graphics. 
Uh, yeah, the, the visuals were, were fine. The leveling up was interesting. Uh, it was fun to pick your weapons, and it was fun to choose which characteristics to improve. You had to improve. You could improve like your melee skills for each unit, or your your um, uh, projectile skills, or your energy, or your health. And you got bonuses along the way. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but but as a real time strategy game, there was no strategy here. Uh, and the multiplayer just did not interest us, so we have to give this a SOX rating. This is true. Yes. I agree. Uh, this was published by THQ for Microsoft Windows. It was developed by Relic Entertainment. It was released in February 2009. Uh, we thought the best FAQ and kind of game guide was found at IGN this time. And as of the publication date of our article, you could get this game for 26 bucks. And uh, so that's about it for Warhammer. We we have some hate mail. Uh, <laughs> I love we love it mail. when you guys send stuff. This is great, actually. Here's a good one. There's a, this is a guy who has criticized us and give us some good constructive criticism on several occasions in different formats. And this is uh, he gave us his name, but uh, we'll, we'll use his alias, which is Romerican. And it's 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 a it's a comment about our Bioshock article. And here we go. You guys got to be kidding me. You give up on your criteria within two shows, pussies. You overlook so many good games because you don't have the time. But then you rate a game like WoW, and I assume that's World of Warcraft, as sucky when you know you spend at least two hours getting pwned, P-W-N-E-D. I think that's some sort of young person's thing, whatever. Us geezers don't know what that means very well. By 15-year-olds on Battlefield 2142, when you could have had a highly organized raid with stellar communication on Vent, just admit that any fantasy sci-fi game can never make your list, unless you deviate from your criteria like you did with the Bioshock discussion. Nice job on keeping the perverted breathing to a minimum on this last cast. Everyone needs an asshole to let you know how much you suck, so please don't take my criticism the wrong way. I've just listened to all the podcasts, so you can't be doing everything wrong. I like when you guys talk about deeper sociological moral issues within the game, and when you call call out poor production. I think you guys have potential in your podcast, but when you take a hard, such a hardline approach, you aren't going to build much of a fan base. Cheers from Romania, Romerican. Well, hey, you know, we, we, we've read this guy's stuff on the air before, and uh, he's right about just about everything, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's always good to be uh, to be uh, validated, you know, uh, positively or negatively. <laughs> so, you know, for, I mean, for me, um, th- there's actually a little bit of a, a method to the madness. Um, uh, Bioshock was really a single player game, but uh, we are actually in the process of starting the review for Bioshock Two, which is actually a multiplayer game and fits our criteria beautifully. So you know, um, stick with us. Uh, we're 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 learning how to do this, but we're we're actually moving in directions. Uh, hopefully, that will make sense over time. <laughs> yeah, and we think we've gotten our technical issues down, so we've got my mouth breathing down to a minimum. The the allergy season is kind of winding down where I am, and uh, um, I've tweaked my mic a little bit. So I think I don't think you have to listen to my <sighs> mouth breathing too much. Um, you know, and as to sticking to our criteria, well, you know what? Um, you know, we, we use Battlefield 2142 as kind of a, a template, but, you know, every once in a while there are going to be games that don't have multiplayer aspects that are so good 
that we that we give them a does not suck rating. Right, and and remember, we have multi multiple uh, criteria within this. It's not just multiplayer or or not. Um, you know, single player games definitely have a shot, and also you know, fantasy and sci fi games absolutely have a shot. We actually have some coming up here that um, will definitely hit our criteria. So. Um, I, never fear. Uh, again, there's method to the madness, and um, you know I, I think we're going to continue proving that. Um, and we hope you keep listening. Yeah. So um, next episode, we're going to re- re- review uh, Champions Online. Um, one word tells tells you everything I think about this game, and that is crack. And you'll you'll have to tune in to hear why I use the word crack. Uh, <laughs> Um, you can reach us at www.gamingforgeezers.com where we have our, our in-depth articles along with these podcasts. You can get our podcasts on iTunes. You can uh, see what we're thinking in between episodes on Facebook, uh, which also pops out to our Twitter feed. Um, you can email us at gamingforgeezers at gmail.com. Send your hate mail. Please send your hate mail. We do enjoy it. And, you know, we're, we're, we, we are... We are amateurs at this. We have uh, next to no technical training. Uh, the only qualifications we have is that we are geezers, and we are old, and we've been playing PC games for a long time. Uh, so, well, we've yeah. been playing games for a long, long time. So, so, so if you yeah. have any advice for our podcasting techniques or you know some technical stuff, don't 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 be ashamed to share that. Uh, we, we enjoy the, the criticisms because it helps us improve the show. Um, as far as sticking to cri- our criteria, that's kind of a moving target. And if you don't like it, get your own podcast, I guess. But, uh, uh, but you know, we, we've laid out our criteria. And if, if you're interested in it, uh, keep listening. If not, we understand and we don't blame you for moving on. Um, other than that, I think that's about all we have this week. Anything Thanks for uh, listening. Anything and, else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Well, for Gaming for Geezers, I'm Nelson. I'm Mr. Krusty. Very good. We'll, we'll see you next episode. Sounds good. <laughs>